Well, here we are. Thank you so much, everyone. Uh, we're a little bit late, but we appreciate your patience. All right. So we are back. All right. From the Fan Expo this past weekend. So we're going to talk about that. And we're also going to talk about our topic today, which is Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. So we're still doing our Indiana Jones rewatch uh, just in time for Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny releasing on June 30th. Thank you so much for joining us. I am Kerwin. This is Keith. We are Father Son Galaxy. If you're new, uh, watching us for the first time, thank you so much. Uh, please uh, just you know stay with us. And you know, if you're not a subscriber, we ask if you would subscribe to our to our to our YouTube channel. Uh, but just thank you for joining. And to those you know who have heard us before, welcome back. Thank you so much. Let's just start. Well, I just want to start by talking about our this past weekend. We really had a great time at the Philly Expo. Right. Um, so, you know, we just wanted to just spend a few minutes to just talk about that. So we were on the podcast stage. Right. Um, and then, you know, we had a topic, which, by the way, the the, the episode or the podcast uh, podcast stage that we recorded on Saturday, this past Saturday, that will be available soon on our YouTube channel and our audio platform. So we'll let you know when that's ready. But we are fortunate enough to have our own panel. And we also did um, uh, moderating. You know, we moderated a panel uh, that featured two artists, well, uh, well known in the Star Wars community and very talented. First one is Joe Caroni. Um, he is considered a Star Wars licensed artist. And uh, so this I wanted to just show you this one of his uh, pieces of artwork, which was wonderful. Okay, let me just put it here like that. <laughs> It's drawing up, right? So that's uh, Ahsoka. That is his artwork. All right. Pretty, pretty cool. All right. And then we have Erin Leffler. All right. Who is an artist as well. And this is her artwork. So what we'll do, let me see. Does that work? Yeah. Okay. So what we're going to do is we'll put their contact information in the YouTube description so that, you know, if you wanted to know more get some more information about who these artists are and um you know look them up and you know look at some of their artwork and you know maybe purchase something we'll we'll put their contact information in the, the youtube description all right so now there were a lot of celebrities there and i did not get the chance to really see anybody but you did right yeah yeah so tell me who like who did you see um, I saw in consecutive order, I saw Katie Sackhoff and Joseph Quinn. Katie Sackhoff. Okay. All right. Well, okay. Well, tell me the story, you know, Katie Sackhoff. So I was actually trying to get into line for Giancarlo, but that line was like wrapping all around the place. So I'm like, yeah, I can't do that. So I decided, you know, I'd get in line with Katie Sackhoff and that line is longer than it looks, okay? <laughs> okay. They have these people looping around multiple times just to get through. And then I'm up at the front, and, and, and the the guy's like, are you buying anything? And I'm like, I'm broke. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and he says, yeah. well, you, you got 30 seconds at most. I'm really bending the rules for you. Go! And I'm like, hello. Uh, she remembered me. How about that? Yeah. So from the interview that we did, the round table yeah, that I we mean, did. I mean, I'm sure the, the big Father Sun Galaxy logo on my shirt helped. Not possible. But, um, yeah. yeah. So I said hello. You know, she said hello. And then I really had to run because it was 2.59 and we had our panel at 3. Right. <laughs> yeah, that was very interesting. Yeah. So you had our panel started at 3 o'clock. Oh, my God. And you were there up until, 
up until 2.59, a minute before the panel started. But okay, but you, you did show up to the panel, which was which was fantastic. Yeah. That was that's a cool story. Okay, I made it just in time. You you did. You made it just in time. You 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 made us a little nervous. All right, and then you took a picture with Joseph Quinn. Yeah, that so was a that was that Sunday. Was Sunday. Okay, yeah. Tell me about that. So all of that stuff is downstairs at the convention center. So I went downstairs for the photos. Turns out, if you're programming, you get VIP. So I was lucky enough to be able to ask. You know, being being smart at all. Okay. VIP. So I asked them, you know, does programming get VIP access? And they said, yeah, lane 10. So I went up. I got the photo. Um, I, I left. Meanwhile, upstairs, Bob was ready to own the place because she's like, where's my son? <laughs> where's my so son? You, so you walked away. Okay. You were on your own. And mom didn't know where you yeah. were. Okay. And you and Maceo were walking around. Were. Yeah. Yeah. How about that? But you took the picture and yeah. it went well. Uh, did, did Joseph say anything to you? He said hello. It was a five-second interaction. That was it. Okay. And then you took the picture, and then we have that picture up on our, our our social medias if you have not seen it. So very cool. All right. I guess he couldn't say a lot because he had so many people waiting in line to take pictures. He really didn't have time to start a conversation with anybody. So I wore that Bob and Galaxy shirt for a you, reason. You did, right. And it's in the picture. So that's pretty cool. All right. Wonderful. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, like I said, I didn't get to see anyone. I think I saw, well, not I think, but I saw Henry Winkler from a distance. Uh, Chaz Palminteri was also there. But, did you know, Henry Winkler wink at you? No, he didn't. <laughs> yeah, no, he did not. I wasn't that close. I wish I could have, but that was the, the time I was walking, you know, well, Mesa was walking around the, the, the convention center. So, all right. So that was it. So let's uh, let's, let's go with Q&A. Alex. Thank you. Welcome back. So cool that you both had a panel. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, Alex. The artwork is amazing. Hope you both are doing well. I heard about smoke from the fires in Canada spreading through the East Coast. Hope everything's all right. Yes. It smells like Canadian bacon up here. I okay. kid you not. All right. It's, it's not Canadian. I can't bacon. breathe the air outside. We got, we, got, we got air filtering in through the house. You know that's safe because it's, yeah. it's crazy out there. Yeah, but but in all seriousness, yes, you're right, Alex. Uh, so we are experiencing uh, some of the smoke, uh, not as much as New York City, uh, from what I can see. Uh, but yeah, but today it's been a cloudy day. New York City is orange right now. Yeah, the skies are orange. But you know, this morning when we walked out to head to work and head to school, you could smell the smoke. And then even coming home um, this it evening, worse. it was yeah, the smoke is still there. It looks, it feels. It smells like it's getting stronger, so I'm not quite sure what's going to happen next, uh, what's going to be done tomorrow. But we're safe, you know. We're home. We're not, you know. We're trying to limit our time outside, but we're doing fine. So thank you so much for for bringing that up. Thank you. And Alex, yes, it's so awesome that Katie Sacco remembered you, Keith, and that you ran like the flash to get to the panel in time. Also cool that you got a pick with Joseph Foot. Yeah, yeah, that all happened. I can't believe it. Yeah, that's exactly. All Woo! right, anybody else? So podcast of the wills. Look at that, Nick. Oh, we oh we missed you, Nick. Uh, good evening. Good evening to you. Thank you so much. All right. Uh, and, and and by the way, so you know, just to shout out some more people. Uh, ran into some of our fellow podcasters. Right, we uh, met Pete Flexer. And Chris Ryan's of Force Connect, they actually had a panel as well. They had a panel on Sunday, and I, we met Jared 
the dark Jedi who came in with his family. That was pretty cool. And, you know, just actually even, you know, people we're meeting for the first time, you know, just coming up to our table and, you know, having a conversation with us. It was actually, it was, it was fantastic. We really had a great time. We're hoping that we can continue to do this throughout the summer. We're looking into going to Boston and, and Chicago, but we'll see. We'll in keep San you updated. Francisco. Oh, okay. Well, we'll see. All right. So yeah, I hate, I couldn't drive up for the weekend. Yeah. You know, some other time, Nick, you know, we'll, we'll get you up here, but we're really looking forward to seeing you, but it was a lot of fun. Um, so just want to thank you. Anyone who might be listening, who was there at the, at the convention, you know, just thank you for just, um, encouraging us and coming up to the table and starting a conversation and just, uh, listening to our panel and watching it. So thank you so much. All right. So any other Q and a that we want to do right now? All right. So now let's get into our topic. Our main topic is Indiana Jones and the last crusade. So I rewatched it. You know, I've seen it quite a few times. Temple of Doom. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Indiana Jones and the, and the Temple of Doom. Right. Uh, we're not get. We're not there yet. The yeah, Crusade. Last Crusade is unironically not the Last yeah. Crusade because there's two other Crusades. Well, we'll yeah, we'll talk about that when we when we talk about the Crusade. All right, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Okay, you saw it for the first time. What are your overall thoughts of the movie? Personally, I think Temple of Doom is better than Raiders. Of okay. The sure. Okay. You want to elaborate or you know? No. You just okay. That's it. All right. There we go. All right. Uh, it's so just better. It's just better. Okay. Temple of Doom is built different. Well, it definitely is different than Raiders of the Lost Ark. So I guess as we start talking about the, the movie, maybe you'll, you know, jog your memory about something. Good? Okay. All right. Uh, so, again, I, I have seen the movie. Uh, it, it, the interesting thing is I don't watch it as much as I used to. You know, it's been a years since the last time I saw it. Um, it is a good movie, and you, like you said, it is a different movie, so we're just going to go in and just talk about what makes Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom different than its predecessor, all right? So let's start off with um, the opening scene, all right? Great opening scene. You know, we had that dance number, and we saw Kate Capshaw as this cabaret singer, and she's singing Anything Goes as one of these old... Uh, American classics. Um, How old? I, I I really can't tell you when that was. Because this this takes place in 1936, my guy. Is it 35 or 36? 36. Okay, all right. And it, did you know that it takes place before Raiders of the Lost Ark? I don't know if you noticed that. So what they did, this was supposed to be the prequel to Raiders. What in the hibbity jibbity? <laughs> yeah. So that so this is actually taking place maybe two or three years before Raiders. Holy Skittles. Yeah, yeah. That makes no sense whatsoever. Well, I guess they could tell the story in any order. You know, it doesn't see that the two movies don't really connect to each other. So it doesn't uh, have to be like, you know, the sequel. You know, uh, anyway, anyway we, we so look wrong. at it. Look, we still look at it. Well, the first three films as a trilogy. It doesn't matter when each one took place. But anyway, so, you know, we got that dance number, pretty cool dance number. And the song, Kate Capshaw is singing in Mandarin. I think she's singing in her own voice, which is pretty cool. And then, you know, we see our first scene of Harrison Ford as Indy. And remember what we said in the first episode, how Spielberg wanted so much to do a James Bond movie. Yeah. And then here you have Harrison Ford walking in looking like James Bond because he's wearing the dinner jacket and the, and the, and the, and the, and the right and the, and the bow tie. And uh, the... Uh... And the blaster hidden in his uh, jacket. 
That's true, right? He did have a blaster in his. No, was it in his jacket or did he have it in the? Car? I don't know where he had it. When okay. He took off. Yeah, that's a good point. I, you know, I don't know. Maybe it was in the car when Short Round picked him up. So. Didn't Willie throw it out the window? She did, right? After he fired it, then it was too hot, and she didn't want to burn her nails and whatever. So she threw it out the window. So for the entire movie, he didn't have a gun. Can you imagine? I, I think that I, that's hilarious. Yeah, that is hilarious. Yeah, that that, that was the entire movie. This poor man is like. Yeah, he has threw my weapon out a window. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Wow, and that was pretty interesting that he never had uh, any weapons throughout the rest of the movie. Well, he yeah. had the whip. Well, it does. He still had the whip. Yep. Yeah, he couldn't and take he that. Got whipped. Him. Yeah. Right. Okay, we'll get there. All right. So, <laughs> let's talk about the supporting cast real quick. Okay. So, uh, Kate Capshaw. You know, she is the leading lady. She plays Willie Scott, who is a cabaret singer. Now, I was watching a documentary. Uh, I was about to call her Willie Nelson. <laughs> I was watching a documentary a couple of weeks ago. And you know, there were it was a retro, uh, a retrospect that was taken many years. I think this was around the time when the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull was premiering, and they were just talking to the leading when ladies. Was that 2008, I believe, is when the Crystal Skull came out. What are you saying? So, you mean to tell me it's only been 15 years since the last movie? I think that's a long time. Okay. I thought this thing ended like in the late nineties. Well, okay, I will explain that to you. When we get to the the the, the, the last crusade. There was a pause in between the last crusade and the King There was a long pause, yes, right. There weren't any indie films for a very long time. So they did that twice. Well the point is I I okay. <laughs> so they were gonna do three films, right? You know, Harrison Ford was hired to just do three films. So we had a three. And film Spielberg contract. and Lucas decided, you know, they agreed that it was only gonna be three films. So we had the first three films. We didn't know that there was going to be a fourth in the movie. So because it was such a long, you know, gap in between the Last Crusade and and Crystal uh, Skull. the Crystal Skull, right? So that's why. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, so I'm guessing they couldn't think of anyone else, so they just brought Marion back, and that's why. Could be, right? That could be the reason, right? Yeah, but again, you know, we'll talk about the Crystal Skull when we get to it. So let me let me get in to In two weeks. Yeah, yeah, in, in two weeks. So Kate Capshaw. So we're talking about Kate, you know, retrospect. She was reminiscing about her playing this character, Willie Scott. Oh, my God. Yes, Kate. No, I just realized, um, if I'm not wrong... Which I probably am. We we've timed it pretty much perfectly that by the time Dial of Destiny comes out, it'll just be slotted into our weekly. Yeah. Well, I I kind of got that schedule figured out. Yeah. So um, we'll talk about it. Yeah. So right. yeah. So Willie Scott, she admitted, you know, Kate Capshaw, that she felt that this character was not going to be liked. That the character was annoying. She screams a lot, um, yeah. and uh, you know, she you know. To me was was on on the mark because i don't know if i felt that her character was actually needed in the movie because if you would have taken her out of the film i think it would have been the same film well um indian short round would have died well, okay i remember see what you're saying, the trap right, that, right okay yeah that that cave where the trap and she got yeah. them okay all right we would have had a short trilogy <laughs> if that happened it would have been short. Okay, right. Yeah. So she did. Uh, the third movie really would have been Kingdom of the Crystal Skull because all that would have been left was skulls. 
<laughs> All right, that's a good point. All right, so she did, you know, contribute. All right. Um, so, yeah, so she didn't think this was going to be, you know, really was going to be a popular character. You know, she screams a lot. You know, she's always running. Um, they even wrote it in the movie, you know, when they're in the jungle and she's seeing all these wild animals and she's screaming. And Indy says a short round, you know, the biggest trouble with her is the noise. You know, so they knew that this, you know, they, they wrote they were, her to be playing annoying. this character, right, to be annoying and to, you know, to 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 bring to laughter to the film. But you I remember know. when she passed out because the eyeballs in the scene. Yeah, right. Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, so. And then, uh, okay, so let's go through the rest of the cast. Kihi Kwan. The MVP the of 12, this movie. Yeah, and I, he never came back. Well. That infuriates me. Well, who knows? Maybe he'll be back for the last movie. But you, If you he is not in Dial of Destiny, Lucasfilm will be receiving a very strongly worded, but not profanity-filled, email from me. I see. Okay. All right. So he was only 12 years old when he took this role Right. And he really did a lot. You know what I like is I like to see if you're going to have a young actor in a film that you give them something to do. Right. And you make them memorable. And I think he was goaded. Yeah. I think he, he, I mean, you know, he was, you know, besides Harrison was the MVP, like the, the co MVP of the film. Right. And I, I think the, the movie worked because of their chemistry, you know, if that father and son dynamic, you know, that they, that they had. And I, I for 12 years old, and he really didn't have any acting experience. He did very well, you know, and he also had to learn, you know, um, those fight scenes. You know, had to, I believe he watched Jackie Chan films and, you know, learn his uh, fight oh, yeah, I remember moves. when he fought the uh, the cult boy, or the voodoo, the, the boy with the One voodoo of, doll. Yes, right, yeah, that was the Maharaja, right? Wasn't it? Yeah, did you know that? Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. I, I knew that. Yes, right. I'm just going to call it the boy with the voodoo doll. Okay, got it. All right. So okay. that's all I remember him for. That and I remember him saying, you know, all these old things will never happen in my land. Yes, that's true. And then 10 right. minutes later, we see him holding a needle in a doll talking about right. <laughs> well, He was under their spell. So we'll talk about the, the thuggies. All right. All right. To round out the cast. So we had a couple of Indian actors. The what? The cast. No, the thuggies? Roshan Seth is Chatalai. He is the prime minister of Pankot Palace. And, you know, he watches over the Maharaja. And then the, the big baddie of the film is uh, Molaram, played by Amrish Puri. Okay. So I'll be he honest, was, Molaram was a pretty good villain. Well, yes, he was scary. He was creepy. Yeah. He, yeah. he was absolutely creepy. He was absolutely, yeah. A, a right. little weird, but he was a good villain. Yes, exactly. So let's break it down. I think Balak was still better. Belloc, yeah, Belloc was pretty cool. I, I do, I did like Belloc. I thought he was a very good uh, character actor uh, and a good character. Uh, all right, so let's talk about India, right? And the story behind filming in India. And you yeah. know, it's a it's a story that's I don't I can't say if it's well known or a lot of people know about it. But can I be honest? Uh, yes, Keith. Th this movie is very stereotypical for the standards of today. Mm -hmm. Back then, it was still stereotypical. Mm -hmm. Like anything in this movie would not fly today. I agree. Yeah, I think some of the things that was done back in the eighties probably would not get past us. 
this you know this time around yeah like, exactly so actually they were they were set to film in india but when mm-hmm. they were but when they were shown the script you know they said no you cannot film here this is very stereotypical you know nobody has yeah. done this for hundreds of years like well what are you talking about we're not letting you shoot you right right so yeah exactly right that's what i was going to get into so um originally the production team wanted to shoot the film in india and the, the the government wanted to read the script first all right to say okay well what is this movie about when they read the script yeah obviously they read the script and they realized okay well you know a lot of the stuff that's in the script is we find it very offensive right uh so you know it's if you you know spoilers of course you know this movie is almost 40 years old if you have not seen it you you're know, missing out on a valuable part of life well no what I'm, i mean we're just going to tell you why the indian government felt it was inappropriate would you uh, like me to list everything stereotypical in this movie? well you if you want to we can go through and talk about it but there were a couple of things that took place in the film um you know we'll talk about the talk about the feast you know with the the feast of insect delicacies that were you know people at the table were were, were eating at the time people don't eat uh, that. no they don't they don't you know there's there's child abuse i mean you know oh, oh yeah slave children I almost forgot about right. that yeah i and, feel like a lot of these movies are just people kidnapping children and the main character having to free them they well, did that with love and thunder the entire premise that Thor was going after Gore for is because he captured all of New Asgard's children. That's a good point. Why you right. gotta bring children into the mix? Right, but they weren't—they were just abducted, but they weren't slaves or anything. They were just no, being held. Well, Not they were was... kept in a cage. Okay. To be fair. Oh well, okay, yeah, that's that's just as bad. Oh, yeah. yeah. Remember, remember when uh, Thor powered them up? They turned that movie into Mario at the end. They—he powered them all up. That was ridiculous. Remember that little girl who was holding her like her toy bunny and it was shooting lasers out of his eyes? That was, mm-hmm. that was <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Well, and if you recall, Keith, you know, there was an episode, a Bad Batch episode recently where we saw um, the kids working in the mines and yeah. that was that gluttonous person, you know, you know, pretended that, you know, well, he didn't have it. Whipped if right. they didn't well, do anything, well, they just right, were fed, which is arguably worse. Well, there you go. They weren't getting fed. Um, they weren't getting any pay for it. You know, so, you know, I, I remember when I saw this episode, I said how much it reminded me of the Temple of Doom, you know, uh, so that's why, right? Uh, yeah, so you had these kids that were stolen from a village. And they've been doing that a lot. Well, remember um, the pit and um, um, what was that thing called? Screechers Reach? The pit. Right, that's a very good point because the, you know these people were being used on behalf of the empire, so they were looking for something that the empire felt was valuable. Right, yeah, they were looking for the kyber crystals. Same thing in this in this film where uh, Molaram, you know, was looking for these Shankara stones. Um, you know, apparently there's supposed to be five of them, and he only had three, so he, you know, stole these kids from from the village to have them work in the mines to search for the other two stones. So I, that was, yeah. So 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 we had that. You had voodoo. You mentioned the voodoo doll. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Exactly. That was ridiculous. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bro. Yes. That kid looked maniacal. He was like. Yeah. Yeah. Hello, Doctor Jones. Right. And, <laughs> and I, I think the the sorry about that. I didn't mean to cut you off. The most controversial 
um, moment in the film would have to be the 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 sacrifice. Oh you know, the, yeah, the, the, the human sacrifice. I tried to forget about that. Yeah, you know where you know you know you have a, a man's heart pulled out of his chest, and he's know, somehow still alive. Some, somehow survived until they dropped him into that fire pit, and then you know, yeah. That so, was less scary than I thought it would be. Well, right. So I'm just looking at this like, yeah. I mean, it wasn't. I wouldn't consider it. You know gory you know it, it kind of looked a little unrealistic right. but just you know what it, it looked like somebody drew that on microsoft paint what it represented you know like okay you know this, you're grabbing this you know this this man's uh uh organ and you're holding it up and then you know he's being lowered down into this fire i mean just the pg the, the tone yeah right yeah it's just very interesting this movie was almost yeah. pg yeah so then so now we're really into act two yeah. About talking about the violence and, and the darker tone, you can absolutely say something. Yes. Yeah. I'll let I'll let you finish. Sorry. No. 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 We can. We're gonna get into Act Two. So you know, to me, let me just talk about how I felt. Um, now, look, when I was, you know, I was a teenager when I uh, saw this film. So really, I, I guess I wasn't impacted that much by the violence. But you know, as I get older, you know, and I look back and I say, well, what was this all about? You know. Mm. Uh, so, so at one, you know, with the, the the scene in the in Shanghai at the club, and then they're getting on the plane, and then they, you know, the plane is crashing, and they land in India. I thought up to that point, the movie was okay, and I think it kind of lost its way when it got to that Act Two part with the violence mm -hmm. and the and the darker tone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like Raiders of the Lost Ark. I say the most dark parts were when the uh, the Nazis got obliterated. Yeah, at the end. But once again, that looked like somebody drew all over them in Microsoft Paint, so it wasn't that scary. Well, true. Once again, right? They didn't, I don't think the idea was to make it scary. For it was kids. really downplayed because yeah. of the brightness of the and yet darkness of the shot. All you really saw was flames. You couldn't tell what was happening as much as you could in this scene. So imagine somebody going into the theaters because there weren't like IMDb parent gods and stuff. Letters, I mean, like the Starlog, I guess. Starlog. I wasn't born then, but you know. Yeah. I I feel like people didn't know because this almost was PG. Like imagine you going into the theaters thinking yet another PG Indiana Jones Steven Spielberg classic, and then you go in and you're like, ah, I brought my five year old to see this. Yeah, that is an excellent point, and I'm glad you brought that up because we're actually going to talk about um, what took place after the the film was released, right? Because some things had to change, right? But let's we'll save that to the end. So let me get to uh, Act Two. You know, so once again, it it, it went dark, um, and but I, I think we said enough about Act Two. I think people get it. But Act Three, if you was, didn't get the point, yeah. Allow me to introduce myself. Right. So, so we we so that was the point of the Indian government. Why did they not want it shot in their country? Obviously. So the team decided that they were going to shoot in Sri Lanka, um, and then you know use some matte paintings here and there. So you know India was not involved. Okay. So now, but Act Three, I think the last third of the movie really picked up and felt Ooh. again like an Indiana Jones film, right? So we you know, we saw the you know the the rescue of 
uh, the kids, you know, the releasing the, the children and short and, round played a huge part. In that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Let's, you know, short round was the one who started it off because, you know, he was captured and, you know, he was able to get himself so out of his, Willie. Yes. They were about to sacrifice her. Yes. They were about to put her in a pit of fire. That's true. They did, <laughs> Guess yeah. it couldn't take the screaming. <laughs> oh, boy. You know, you brought something, you know, we're just talking about Willie a little bit. You brought something up that was very interesting. You remember what you said about Willie Scott? Yeah. You do? I mean, if you what, don't, I can what tell was you. It, though? Okay, so what you said was, um, so we saw what happened at the beginning of the movie, and she's looking for the diamond, and uh, India's oh, yeah, looking for the, the for, the, for the antidote. Right. And he's so, like, give me the cure. Right. So I can understand why they needed Willie because she has something that Indy wanted, right? Yeah. He he needed that antidote. Yeah, he needed that cure. Uh, my, he, my boy was breaking out in sweats. Yeah. But once he got the antidote, what was the need for Willie, right? Because when we, you know, they got away, they got into the car that Short Round was driving. Oh, yeah. I love when they have, like, a 12-year-old kid yeah, driving a car. Right. And then they took off. And the... doing it well. Yes. I well, mean, until he crashed of. into that, you know, market vendor. Right. But, I mean, he was doing it well up until then, you know, under fire, especially because there were a bunch of people with guns chasing him. Yeah. Uh, so, when they got to the airport, and Indy said, okay, well, I'm getting on this plane. Why did Willie get on the plane? She could have said, well, you know, I don't know you. I just met you at this club. I'm going, I'm going to take a taxi and I'm going to go back to my room and, you know, stay in Shanghai. Yeah, but. So why did she get on the oh plane? Oh, my God. You're right. Yeah. Now well, I think about it, Indy did take her hostage, I but he know. didn't have a weapon at that point in yeah, time. Yeah, so it's not a And if Willie was far enough, his whip wouldn't even be a part of the equation. So why did well, she go with him? Yeah, well, it's not hostage. This is not a, a hostage uh, situation. She no, willingly. For like 20 <laughs> seconds. No he was intended. like, you know, give give me the antidote and stuff, you know, yeah. and then I'll let her go. Yeah. During the uh, during the uh, first scene, before you know everything broke loose and people started running, yeah, and the cure and the diamonds started getting kicked around. Right. So I I'm I'm gonna pose this question, you know, like what do you think? So why did Willie? Get, because the reason why I'm, I'm I'm asking this question is when she travels to India and then you know they decide that they were gonna go to Pankow Palace and they weren't going to. Uh, forgot where Indy said he was going, where his university is located. And then she gets upset and she falls off the the, the uh, elephant. She says, you know, I should have stayed in Shanghai. I hate water. You know, I hate being what? here, but why did you get on the plane in the first I'm place? I'm trying to think of a motive. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. Because at that time, she okay. she positively hated Indy. Right, but it, I don't think there was really a motive. There's nothing. They just needed to just keep this character. They just made it to put like so a third I, I just character was a very in there. interesting thing. Uh, so, cool. you know, so as we're talking about the film, you know, tell us what you think of the film. Have you seen it? What are your favorite moments in the film? Let's go to Q&A and just see what people have to say about it. Yes. <laughs> Keith, I don't want you to hurt your brain. <laughs> yeah, I'm this, just, like, because I'm thinking, Willie literally stated multiple times that she hated Indy. Well, she yeah, not so, only that, but she hated where she, wherever she was. She didn't like yeah, the jungle. She, and she hated the palace. Right, she you know. Hated the food. She exactly. hated the jungle. Right. She hated why the did you get on the so plane? So why did you go on the plane? <laughs> so Alex says, I think my dad told me that short round was too short or almost too short to drive and struggled to do so. Was that true? Yes, he was. He yeah, had a, yeah, kind of like a, a not a car boat, but but a wooden box attached to his shoe. So that he can reach the pedal. Yeah. 
I don't have to do that. Yeah, so he... Let's he, just he, say I uh, yeah, actually he know was, how to drive. Yeah, he was really too short to reach the pedal, so he had to put something on his shoe uh, as, a, as a heel so that he can put it in drive. He needed to... He uh, needed some extra inches to reach the pedals. Exactly, you know? exactly right. He could barely see over the, the steering wheel. Charlie, oh, right. hey, Charlie. All right, favorite scene is just watching Indiana and Short Round. Yes, see Indy wake up by Short Round. Wake up by Short Round from that hypnotic. Yes, right, exactly. That mind state and hearing John Williams play as they fight off. Yes, You're right. On. Speaking of John Williams, we saw this amazing photo um, so it's John Williams conducting every single character. Yeah. Like, or one character from every single franchise that he's conducting from. You saw E.T., you saw Jurassic Park, you saw Indiana Jones, you saw Darth Vader. Yeah. And it was like a bunch of important characters. We saw that at Fan Expo. This was an artist. He was a pencilist. Excuse me. It um, was classic. Yeah, I've never seen anything like it. Actually, I'm going to reach out to this artist. I don't have his name right now but you know, this however is, much that is well, how, well wait a second however much i don't know it, depending on if it's in my range I, I you know maybe we could like pool some money and buy it if you are a john williams fan i mean this is a, a photo that you need to check out maybe uh we'll put the the artist's name in the in the youtube description but yeah, yeah. this was we saw this actually on our way out right this is the end of the day sunday and we saw this picture of john williams conducting and the, the 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 musicians in the orchestra are characters from the films that he conducted and mm -hmm. composed it was awesome yeah yeah and all you had to see was vader's silhouette that yeah right it. exactly you're like yeah so you saw that's vader yeah you saw superman and then uh um, oh, yeah superman I with the I symbols saw, yeah mel gibson in the background and and he, he you know he's done some well i mean he's done so many films well mel gibson is an actor who starred in the patriot that John Williams composed and conducted, so that's why he was there. I don't believe so, I'm familiar with that. Film. Well, you didn't you didn't see the film, so we saw you know E.T. and so many characters. I don't remember. You really we can't do it justice explaining it or describing. You gotta it to see you. it for yourself. You'd have to see it for yourself. Yeah, exactly. All right, so yeah, we were talking about Q and A. Yeah, so Alex, yeah, the huh, Microsoft Paint comments reminds me of a clip I saw from some old movie. Where an elevator crashed and the blood looked like it was from MS Paint generated. <laughs> MS Paint generated. Uh, you know what? Let yeah. me tell you something about Microsoft Paint. Yes, go it's ahead. positively awful to try to draw anything in. Because all you get is this pixel tool that you have to drag across the screen. And it's ridiculous. Okay, all right. So we won't use Microsoft Paint. So all right. But so, that's all you get. All right. I'm pretty sure they have updates though. Yeah. Let's finish up uh, Act 3. So this is where it kicks in. It becomes an Indiana Jones film. It's exciting. It's action-packed. So, right, so it starts off with Short Round. He gets to, he frees himself from uh, the chains, and he goes and rescues Indy. Just like Charlie said, you know, he had to wake Indy up with that fire. And then once Indy got back to his senses, then he went and freed all the, the, the slave children. And then, yeah, that wonderful John Williams score, you know, that played while this is all happening. Yeah, awesome. So these children have been in there for uh, what, like two, three months? We don't know. However long they were in there. Yeah. There were at least a thousand of them. Could be. Or, or, I don't know how many of these kids were. You mean to tell me not one of them had the idea to break their shackles with the pickaxe and get out? 
they literally had a sharp metal tool that they could have used to break the chains and run. Exactly what Short Round did, right? Yeah. Yeah. Good point. But yeah, these little. I feel like I feel like the thing with these movies is the main characters have got to be the ones to do that stuff. Exactly. All these, all everyone else is just on that side character type beat. Right. Exactly. But you know, Short Round, Indy, Lily, they were just kind of on the fast track to main characters. Yeah, the main characters pretty much have to do all the action. Yeah, Yeah. 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 Exactly right. Yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and then you got the mine car chase, you know, which is which Ooh, is the mine cars were epic. The mine they cars. actually made a uh, Lego set for that. How nice, yeah, yeah. Back in the 2000s. Okay, all right, all right. Yeah. Really old. Marion's minifigure from back then is one of the only minifigures to date that has colored eyes because mm. they made her eyes blue in those sets. Really, okay, yeah. look it up. Uh, that- well, I, I believe you because you're the uh, Lego expert. Yeah. And I also know every flavor of Skittles. Okay. All right. Yeah, we're not time for that. Okay. Crazy cores. All right. So then. <laughs> trick play. And, and then, you know, the, the, the drawbridge was, was an awesome scene, you know, having, you know, the, 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 the thuggies. Now, you mentioned the word thuggies. So let's talk about thuggies, what thuggies are. So it's we don't know if they're even real. It's probably something out of a folklore where these, uh, there were travelers who would um, cause havoc to innocent people um, yeah so that's just something from you know centuries ago there was a story about these people who would actually just take advantage of yeah innocent people and so and that's, um, so they brought that into the film these thuggies so right so they're they're considered the, the the bad guys and then uh you got the bridge and then you know indy's in the middle of the bridge and he decides to cut the Cut the bridge in half, and yeah. you, know, you saw the the dummies fall into the water. <laughs> the dummy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know they weren't real. Yeah. So. No. Yeah. They weren't even dummies. What were they? Clothes. Because you notice when they fell in the alligator river, you didn't see anything that looked like a dummy. You just saw clothes kind of floating on top oh, of the water. Oh, you said clothes. Yeah. I thought you said clones. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, like clones. Okay. What kind of? Well, I was. I didn't this know where is you were 1930s. Going with this. We didn't start cloning until like the the late 2000s. Okay. I, I got you. Yeah, yeah. That's that's editing. So yeah. when the dummies, I don't know what they did with the dummies. When the dummies fell in the water, I guess they must have brushed them off to the side, and then they took the clothes off the dummies and then gave them to the alligators, and you see the alligators. I don't even know if those were real alligators. <laughs> They're probably not. Who knows? Yeah, I don't think. Would yeah, you be the right. one to feed the alligators those clothes? Like here, here, here's another. Here's a shirt. I would be. <laughs> Okay. I'm sure I'd get paid plenty for that because I'd be the only person who wants to get close to them alligators. Yeah, so that was pretty funny, but that's great editing. So Alex said, uh, the kids may sadly have learned helplessness. Yes, that's my guess for why the kids in the film didn't use the pickaxe to break free. Yeah, that was the idea of the story, right? To free these kids. So yeah. you couldn't have them free themselves or you Wait. wouldn't have a story. What happened to that one kid who escaped? Good you question. know that one kid who came running back and was like, Dr. Yes. Jones, you got to help us. And then immediately passed out. Right. And then he was taken by his, uh, um, I don't know, his mother, mother or maybe a, 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 an older. Uh, was he dead? I don't think so. And I think they. What happened? Well, you know, he wasn't. I can tell you why. Because the next scene, we saw Short Round come back to Indy to report what happened. So he was saying, well, the kids are still there. You know, there's so-and-so here. So he must have gotten that information from the little boy. So the little boy survived. So not to worry. 
right. Oh, I'm glad. Yeah, right. Woo. And of course, you know, happy ending. You know, the kids come back to the village and the parents, mom and dad are so thrilled and they're running and they're running towards the kids and hugging the kids. So it, it that ended. That was the most heartwarming season. Yeah, it, it ended in a, in a nice way. Uh, you know, it's very interesting. The middle part of the movie to end in a happy ending yeah. like that, but it, it did, you know, because it, it had to. Yeah. So, so that's it. So that was pretty much, you know, the, the film. Again, if you've seen it, let me know if there's any favorite moments that you have uh, about, about the movie. But uh, so as far as box office, so the movie opened on May 23rd, 1984. It made $45.7 million the first week, which at the time was a record. And the film earned overall $333 million worldwide. And it was nominated for two Academy Awards, one for Best, Best Original Score, John Williams, and Best Visual Effects, which it won for Best Visual Effects. All right, so one Oscar. All right, so let's talk about- 33 million. That's not bad, 330, and I think the Ooh, budget- that's amazing. Oh yeah, and I think the budget was like maybe between 20 to $30 million, so- Yeah. That's pretty good. That's, Avatar that's decent. made like a billion. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, it made a billion, yeah. Yeah, and then Endgame came in and yes. they were like, Bam! Sledgehammer. competing for number Sledge one and number two, right? Yeah, yeah. But I, I think Avatar is is back to being number one. I don't. Well, there's remember. way of the water now. Yeah, well, I don't think that movie made as much as the first Avatar. Yeah. yeah. Oh, right. So let's talk about the aftermath, aftermath of this movie. So basically, Steven Spielberg, being the intellectual that he is, decided to go to the MPAA and be like. Yo, listen, we need a rating in between PG and R. That's a yeah. that's a pretty big gap there. Yeah. So that's how we got PG thirteen. That's true. So and actually, funny thing, the first Star Wars movie to be PG thirteen was Revenge of the Sith. That's correct. Yeah. Personally, I, I'm not the biggest fan of that movie. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Well, that's fine. Okay. You know, Anakin kind of, yeah. you know, <laughs> executed Back. Order 66 on a bunch of children. Like. Back to Star Wars. Okay. It is a Star Wars podcast. So that's okay. Yeah, but I'm wearing a Marvel shirt, so. Yeah. Time to talk about yeah, every it's character. All, it's all shirt. Disney. It's all Disney, right? We're all in the same umbrella. So can I say something about the rating? So you're right. You're absolutely right, Keith. So Do I get to read the ratings? Yes, you can. Right. So let's do that. So prior to PG-13, so read off what the ratings were at the time. Yeah. So at the time, the ratings were, the ratings were of G, which is general audiences, so all ages are admitted. Yeah. PG, which means parental guidance suggested, because some material might not be suitable for children. There was R, which is restricted, and under seventeen requires a parent or adult guardian. And then there was X, which was like nobody, nobody older. Nobody younger than 18 was allowed in there. Okay. I didn't know. I didn't put that in my notes, but apparently you knew that already. Yeah. Okay. And then they changed it to <laughs> NC-17. Wow. So you did sense. your research. Okay. That's exactly. Yeah. I. Okay. Yeah. That's that's true. Uh, I was going to bring that up, but Keith, you're, 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 you're fantastic. All right. So, yes. So, those are the ratings. Now, like you said, now imagine. Now, compare Star Wars, which the original Star Wars, A New Hope. Which came out in 1977 is PG. Hmm. Compare that to Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, which is also PG. Yeah. Do you well, see the difference in the I'm two movies? Yeah. A New Hope. The most graphic thing we saw was Obi Wan turning into air. Probably. Yes. Right. Yes. I would say so. 
except for that shot of a Baru and Owen becoming a charcoal. Maybe that would probably be the, the most. Yeah, they became charcoal, but I mean, yeah. that wasn't even focused on. Right, yeah, and there was like a few seconds of a charred body. And yeah, we, you know, yeah. it was a skeleton. It, they were skeletons. I love how Luke's just like, yeah, and, bruh, and then, he, and then he left. Yeah. He now, just looked over there and he's like, well, they're so, gone, and then he went back to bed. Yeah. So, you know, and then compare again to, you know, what is the most violent scene in, in Indiana Jones that we already talked they about. The it. Heart out right. Yeah. So that's completely different. Right. And still the same rating. So I can imagine parents at that time were saying to them to, to I don't know who they would say it to, but like, how could these two films get the same ratings? There's something wrong here. Right, a lot so, of Disney movies are PG. Was it Beauty and the Beast PG? I believe so, or it See, could have been G. I'm not sure. Uh, PG Toy or G. Story was G. Yeah, okay. uh, Lightyear that was PG. Okay, yeah. So I'm actually I don't comparing have Lightyear. Yeah. To Temple of Doom. Right. Yeah. You see my you see my point here. Right. So. Or our point. Yeah. So you're right. So Spiel, Spielberg went to the Motion Picture Association of America. They're the ones who decide what rating yeah. a film is going They're to They're the get. people who added a rating in between PG and R, but they're also the people who can't decide which lane to stay in when they're showing movie ads. Like, it's approved um, by the MPAA, but they be showing trailers for R-rated movies in a PG-13 movie. That's a very good point. You know, yeah. I don't want to put you're a right. petition in front of these people's yeah. faces yeah. that you can't show ads for movies above the rating of the one you're showing. So if you're showing a G-rated movie, you can only show G-rated previews. PG, yeah. PG previews. If you're showing an R-rated movie, you show R-rated previews. My point is, mm -hmm. why would you want to show R-rated previews to an audience of children? Like, if you're showing that to a PG audience, you're kind of in trouble. Yeah. You have an excellent point because you're right. I know there are times I can't remember, you know, succinctly, you know, what it was, but we were going to see a PG-13 movie, and we saw something that was pretty scary. And I don't remember what it was. That you know, some kind of horror movie. No, like, why or they it or Countdown or or um, us. Be. Yeah, or why are they showing this movie? It too. I mean, why are they showing this trailer for a PG-13 movie? They also yeah, showed John Wick, but I watched that. That was awesome. Okay. Applause to everybody who worked on the John Wick movie Excuse and the trailer. Me. Excuse me. Yes. Excuse me. Did you say you watched John Wick? I said the trailer. Oh, the trailer. Okay. All right. Well, was it the like the 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 violent trailer or? No, it was the one with like a bam bam like the okay. hand to hand combat. It wasn't violent. It wasn't violent. Okay. All right. Good. I just wanted to just get that straight. Now. All it's right. the one they showed when we were watching. Um. Oh, what was it? Love and Thunder or Wakanda uh, Forever? That's what was out. Of the okay, time. I got you. Okay. I remember sitting next to that nice guy who gave me that popcorn bucket that yes. I still have. Yes, I, I do remember. Yeah. So Alex, Alex says, yeah, the rating system is controversial, and interesting. A lot of '90s cartoons for kids had adult references and got away with them. Yeah, Animaniacs, Batman, the animated series, the anime. Yeah, that's a very good point. Right. Um. So, yeah. So the the, the MPAA, they're now called the MPA. They're not perfect. Right, so really, it, it it falls on a parent to really know what it is their child is going to see, right? So PG thirteen is now called parents strongly cautioned, mm -hmm. right? So um, they, they they caution that anyone taking a child on the on the thirteen may be inappropriate. 
Now, they're not saying that you shouldn't take your child under. The they're age just of saying, you know, you they're might want to be caution. there in the room. Right. So they're just saying this is, you know, you just want to be. We're warning you that your child under 13 may be impacted for the rest of their lives. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know. And for R rated movies, they're like, yeah. I can't tell you what to do, right. but I can advise you, don't bring your children here. You know, yeah. you could scar them for life. Yeah, yeah. So, Lord knows Bill Skarsgård scarred himself for life. I just said Bill Skarsgård scarred himself for life. Yeah, that's all right. He played that cloud. There's not going to be an it three. That, that cloud is disturbing. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, Finn Wolfhard and look, movie. parents, we do the, do the best we can. So we don't, you know, always know. Um, and you know what we're going to see, even for a PG thirteen movie. So, as a matter of fact, you know what? Yes, we I were... was going to make a good point, but, but no, 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 sorry, you. you well, I wanted to say that. Um, so, okay, so this happened in nineteen eighty four, right? Where it is PG thirteen, right? And and Indiana Jones was not the only movie that had an issue with violence for PG thirteen for PG film. There was a movie called Gremlins, right? That was executive produced by Steven Spielberg. So how about that? So he directed one movie, executive produced another. Both of them were very violent for a PG movie. So yeah. these two movies came out the same summer, back to back. And parents just put, put their foot down and said, look, you know, this <laughs> we're done with this. You know, something's gotta be oh, done. You was, know, this is ridiculous. So what was the name of that movie? It wasn't don't tell me. Oh, Poltergeist, yeah. Well that was PG thirteen, right? No, it wasn't actually. That's a Poltergeist came out two years before Indiana Jones. But that should have been cautioned as well because that was kind of scary and uh, not violent, but some... Dark uh, undertones. Yeah, some scary scenes I thought could have been considered something that might um, harm a child, you know, or, you know, like impact a, a, little, a little child. And that was a PG movie. So and well, even can I be honest? Can I go back even before that? You've never seen Jaws, right? Jaws was also a PG movie, and that was violent. A, a man mean, eating shark. I don't know what you'd expect out of a movie called yeah. Jaws. Yeah, well, like the entire premise yeah. is that there's a shark on a beach that's eating people. The right. movie is literally called Jaws. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you'd want to take your five year old to see a movie called Jaws. Well, right, but it was a PG movie, so you know, parents think, okay, well, it's PG. I can take my five year old uh, to see Jaws. You know, so uh, again, you know, the, the, the rating system is not perfect. You know, and. We're not perfect either, you know. We try to, you know, um, you know, make the best decisions for our kids. And sometimes, like I, what, what I was going to say, when you're going to see a PG-13 movie, you don't know exactly why it's PG-13, you know, until you see the movie. And then what this also means, you know, since this PG-13 rating started in 1984, you find that filmmakers nowadays is trying to push the limit. To what they can do or say. There's PG thirteen. The PG thirteen movie. You know what happens yeah. in Guardians of the Galaxy three? Yeah. It's not spoilers, but right. it's kind of a you know, it's not a spoiler as to the plot mm -hmm. at all. It has nothing to do with the plot. But Marvel drops their first F bomb because How, Star Lord says, "Open the <laughs> door." Yeah. So, right. 
And that's my point because, you know, people are really pushing the limit. They, that's exactly. And these filmmakers, I'm sorry, these filmmakers are doing it on, you know, on purpose to see how much they can get away with it. So the reason you know? why, yeah, I watched the MatPat theory on this. So the reason why they're allowed to do that is because the FBAA doesn't want children to hear any references, but technically it's just being used as a little bit of a spicy word to spice up the sentence. Mm, interesting. So it's like open the dang door, but you know, times yeah. ten. I see. So it's just, yeah, because I I don't know how it was said, but I expect it was something emotional. You know, the way it was said, so it just made. I guess it In just context is Nebula's like, you know, what do I do now? Astrologer says, open the door. I see. Yeah. So okay, I get it now. I get it. Yeah. So that was. It was. It's in, It's more impactful if you you know, put a word in there. All right, so that's very interesting. Said so that you know again, Jaws was PG. Yes, it, it was. I'm surprised. It, it should have been. Well, I don't know if it should have been an R. Um, but, Personally, I think it should have been PG-13. Yeah, but we didn't have PG-13 back then. So Carlos, yeah, I when I was a kid, Temple of Doom was the ending movie I wasn't allowed to watch. How about that? Well, thank you so channel, much, Carlos. Yeah, thank you so much. And yes, you are new to the channel, so yeah. And thank you for commenting. That's a very good point. Two fun facts. Yes. So, did you know that the first person who was um, attacked by the shark wasn't told that they were the first person to be attacked by the shark? So then screaming and being like, ah, 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 that was real. They had no idea what was pulling them under. Oh, so you're saying there's something underneath that was actually... It was just the rig that was pulling them down. And she but they had, had no idea. She had no is... idea that she was being pulled under. Well, it, it worked because, I mean, she <laughs> played that scene as if she was yeah. really being like, attacked. Ah! Yeah. Yeah, and, and the amazing thing at YouTube, you can get all this information on YouTube. You know, you don't have to see the movie, although, but, you know, there's just so much information out there, you know, that, you know, you're picking up on some things that you're learning. Um, parents can't compete with that, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Now, um, as far as Alex's comment yes. about how some curse words are allowed and some results in our rating, I've done my research on this. Personally, I find all of these things funny, except for, you know, certain types of words that are just way beyond being hilarious and just never say these yeah. to anyone ever. But, like, it just depends on the context of how you're saying these words. Like, as long as you're saying them as just something to spice up your sentence. Gotcha. It does not necessarily require an R rating. Can't be PG, though. You you can't put anything above the D word yeah. in like anything that's above. You can't put anything above that in PG. So everything else is just kind of it just goes up. Got it. I got it. My point. Yes. And then the, um, most most of these words are allowed in PG thirteen, but you just really get free reign when you're up in R rated territory. Yeah. Right. And Carlos, yeah, I took my fiance to watch Poltergeist on the big screen, and it was shocked. It was a PG. Yeah. Exactly. You know, it, that's and that was in 1982. To speak to your point about yeah. how parents don't know if they're um if they're don't know why a movie's PG-13 or not. Mm -hmm. Eternals. So glad we did not see that in theaters. Like I would have, I would have only been there to see the reactions of the other parents who have young children watching that's the right. opening of Eternals. Yeah, yeah, and you're right. Like I would, I would have just yeah. loved to hear the parents be like, oh, "Oh, my God, honey, cover your eyes! You don't want to see this." Yeah, 
I'm just like, fast forward, fast forward. Yeah, it 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 feels a little unfair for parents. Yeah, because again, is all this is is just filmmakers pushing the limit to see how much they can get away with it. Because up to that point, we didn't see that kind of uh, moment or scene in yeah. a Marvel film. Marvel's right? just really been pushing it. Right. Really? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like most of those things are never yeah. shown on screen and rarely talked yeah. about. And you know, they need to be careful because you know, at some point they're gonna do something or say something in a film and it's gonna be hit with an R rating and then they're gonna have to resort to cutting some of these scenes out yeah. because they don't want you know to, well, you know, listen to what I'm saying. Like, I, I'm, 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 I'm way off base because I was going to say Marvel doesn't want to release an R movie, but they've done that already. I mean, Logan is an R movie. but yeah. And Deadpool. And, and, and Deadpool. that came first. But right. But, you know, the, the, the target audience to me for a Marvel film is preteen and adults and, and up, right? Mm-hmm. So you don't want to, yeah, you see, you don't want to to turn your back on the preteens because they're the ones who are buying the 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 the, the, the magazine magazines or they're buying the comic books they're buying the blade toys. as well yes right because blade know, was new line cinema right the x-men was fox True. um yeah. i'm pretty sure deadpool was that sony no 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 it was deadpool's marvel yeah it's yeah. still marvel but mm-hmm. it's like in a separate Part of Marvel, right? Spider-Man yeah. has all been Sony, yeah. So they really split up all their properties into different subcategories, yeah. And now they're bringing them all together, but yeah. You know, I'm just thinking here. Uh, Doctor Strange two, yes. The you know how, You know how you know. Um, you know, I'm trying to think of a funny way to talk about what happened to Black Bolt. Yeah, well, Black Bolt want- turned to mush. Um, Mr. Fantastic became SpaghettiOs. Captain Carter got the half-off deal, and they turned Captain Marvel into crushed corn chips. So, like, who came up with this? And there were supposed to be two more, actually. So Wasp was supposed to get shrunk down to size and stepped on by Wanda, and she was also supposed to decapitate Mordo at the beginning of the film. Wow. So there was supposed to be more more, of this. Yeah. So again, maybe the reason why they cut it out because if they kept it in, it would have been R-rated. Yeah, and you know what they else? Didn't want. They yeah. actually had to go back and redo the movie because it was so bad with their test audience that they had to rewrite it. That's why it took so long. Wow. I watched the scene and I'm like, they just shredded Mr. Fantastic. What? What am I watching? I know it. They just that's... put Mr. Fantastic in a paper shredder. You know, I, I know you and your mom went to see the yeah. Multiverse of Madness. I'm like, uh, my God. When Wanda. you came home and told me what was going on in that movie, I, I mean, I couldn't believe it. I was in shock. Wanda was unhinged. Yeah. So... You know what? I, I'm just like, you expect me to believe that yeah. this woman who had children yes, that she... were not real yeah. and yeah. a husband who sadly passed away, thanks yeah. to Thanos, yeah. who she brought back. Yeah. You don't want to go too far. And then real and then reconciled the yeah. fact that she was gonna have to let it go. Yeah. And then like yeah. a while later, she just comes back and she's like, I want my children back yes. with that Sokovian accent mm-hmm. that I thought they got rid of in right. like Infinity War. Yeah. And then brought back for like no reason whatsoever. Got it. Yeah. So we're talking about the ratings, right? So Does she not think that there would be a world where she either left or something happened, but Vision and her kids are still alive, mm-hmm. and she could just go there. Yeah. 
Now, Carlos says, on the other hand, I remember reading that Fantastic Four 2005 came in at a PG, so they adjusted the scene to make it more intense to bump it up to a PG-13 because there's money well, to be made. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, no. I, can, no. I saw both of them, I, I so understand. I can really see why they made that PG-13. Well, right, but you know, Carlos's point is PG-13 is a moneymaker because a lot of, you know, I don't know the, the exact numbers, but I'm sure a majority of the films that are being released PG are released PG-13 because PG-13 films make more money. because It's a broader you, audience because you're catching audience. Exactly. all the adults without right. limiting all the teens. Exactly. And the adults will likely come in with their teens to watch the movie. Right, or even the preteens who maybe can't take themselves to the, to yeah. the movies without a, a parent or, or an adult. Oh. Right, so you yeah. don't want to isolate those that part of your audience. Like so PG-13 is like the sweet spot. I can really see why they're into PG-13. Yeah. You know, especially because the human torch and invisible woman, they, they kind of needed to right. bump that up a bit in the ratings. Right, right. Now, what's interesting to me, you know, Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse is actually PG. Did you know that? It's PG. I was very surprised Excuse that it got me, a sir? PG rating. Unless I'm making a mistake, you can let me know uh, out there. But um, it's a PG movie, and it's it's doing gangbusters. So who knows? Uh, so the reason why I'm bringing it up across the Spider Verse mm -hmm. is that this coming, uh, we have not seen it yet, right? So um, please hold your your spoilers. Um, so we're hoping that we'll we'll check it out, and then we wanted to let you know that we are going to be moving our live streams. Um, to Sunday. So, you know, in the past, we've had a live stream on Wednesday and Sunday. We're going to keep the, for now, we're going to keep the live streams going on, on Wednesdays, every Wednesday. And then we're going to move the second live stream to Sundays. So this coming Sunday, which is June 11th, we will do a spoiler review of Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Mm -hmm. I know you guys, like, probably want to hear us review Guardians. We're trying yeah, well, well, we'll get there. Yeah, all right. we'll I, see. I, I know it's it's been a month. You know, we have not forgotten. All right. So, so. all these movies are PG. Like every Spider Verse movie is PG. Okay. Oh, so see. Alex isn't gonna. You're not gonna see it until Monday. All right. So we're gonna try to see it Saturday. Ah. Um, so we don't want to spoil it for you. So whenever you see it, uh, just let us know, and then you know, just leave us a comment. We'll talk about it. So that's what we're doing. So again. Uh, starting this Sunday, we'll have our uh, a weekly live stream on. We'll we'll have Sunday live streams starting this Sunday, and we'll continue the live streams on Wednesday. So it'll still be two days a week. All right, and then I think that is it. So next Wednesday, we'll continue our discussion on Indiana Jones and talk about Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. All right, which is the third film in the Indiana Jones canon. All right, so. I think this was a great episode. I think we learned a lot, and you know, it was a you know, interesting topic. You know, it was a little spirited, so that was good. I, I like it when it's that way. So, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we'll check in, make sure if there is any other further Q and A comments. Let us know. In the meantime, Keith, where can people find us? Wherever.
We're on um, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Bowser Galaxy. Website, BowserGalaxy.com. Merch store, BowserGalaxy.com. Patreon page, Patreon.com slash BowserGalaxy. Email us at KERN at BowserGalaxy.com. And join us on our race to 1,000 subscribers. Oh, yeah. This is very important. Let's talk about this. So You're at 935. Can I tell you? This 936 past, as of now? Uh, this past weekend, um, you know, being at the, the Fan Expo in Philly, we picked up. 27 new subscribers, which is awesome. Just from asking people to subscribe. Right. Yeah, well, in, in different reasons. I mean, they heard our, our podcast episode. And, and I watched people stare blankly at us and be like, nah. Okay. Well, I'm not, not subscribing. I'm talking about the people who did subscribe. You yes. know, I'm assuming they're that, the ones who get the shot. Yeah, right. So they either listen to our uh, our panel and then subscribed or they went to the table and you know we gave out business not business cards we gave out flyers with People our qr just code kind of hanging around at a table a bunch of cosplayers were taking photos yeah so i'm like that's fine well, let me introduce myself here's business cards right, for all of you passing out flyers. check out our show exactly so we we gained 27 stop posing in front of here without paying us so our point is we're trying to get to a thousand so <laughs> please let's continue this race to a thousand by the end of june we would like to be at a thousand subscribers. It's a very important number for us. So please, if you are already a subscriber and you know somebody who's not, tell them to subscribe. It doesn't cost mm. them a thing. All right. So wonderful. Okay. Yeah. So we're good. Do we cover everything? Yeah. All right. So thank you so much, everyone. This was a lot of fun. We enjoyed it talking to talking to you. And if you're listening at a later time, you know, of course, leave a comment anywhere you feel comfortable leaving one. We will definitely get back to you. But until next time, take care. We will see you again. Next week, Indiana Jones and the Third Crusade. Be here or be square. And I meant to say third.